This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Live commentary. Uh, Andy Dorman now plays the ball. Great ball through to Sakaja. Completely through there. One on one. Oh, it's a foul. It's a penalty. 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 Oh, it's saved. Saved by Pia Follow-Up-Go. Crazy Pia follows up his missed penalty. Congratulated by Kieran Cadogan. Live interviews. First of all, a uh, big welcome to, to Steve Parrish and to Gareth. Um, thanks for coming along, guys. To have come into football, really, on the basis that there's one possibility for us to punch above our weight and move the club to the next level, to be then told that we can develop a kid to 16 through our coaching that presumably then is not as good as their coaching or, 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 or you know their facilities are better you know their cones are better than ours or, or, or whatever it is <laughs> and and yet we get to you know a player at 16 and they can come and take that player for £130,000 Expert Analysis Crystal Palace Foundation were proud to support Wednesday's Heal the Street event the idea for healing the streets came from members of New London Road hmm <laughs> I haven't read this beforehand. I'm just <laughs> going to start again, Mikey. <clears throat> Someone put in touch as well. Don't talk over me, you idiots. <laughs> Crystal Palace Foundation, we're proud to support the Wednesday... Ah, oh, fuck you all. <laughs> <laughs> well, most of the time, anyway. Homestale Radio. Whether you're listening live or to the podcast, call us now to air your opinion. 0203 4755 999. That's 0203 4755 999. Hi and welcome to Hull Radio. I'm your host Chris Hambling and I'll be taking you through tonight's show as we review and discuss Crystal Palace's last seven days. With me today, giving their expert views and opinions, are Joe Holyoke and Ferhad Zaidi. Hi, Hi gentlemen. Hello. Uh, hello. You said hi before I finished saying hi, gentlemen, didn't you there, Joe? Well, anyway, well, that's all right. No worries. We'll find out what those two have to think about uh, last week shortly. Um, also joining us today is Ben Nagel, who's in our communication hub, uh, something we created last week um, to deal with the vast amount of contact we had from yourselves. So uh, hopefully that will be uh, similarly successful this week. Hi, Ben. Hello. Hello. I'm in the communication hub. Yeah, he's 
it's sounding interestingly confused in the yeah, communication it's, hub. Yeah, it's quite far away, so I was just pretending yeah. that I was, I was there. Anyway, I'm going to get on with this introduction. Back in your hub. Um, ben will be organising your tweets, which you can send to at Whole Radio. That's at, at H-O-L Radio, to be precise. Um, and your emails, radio at homesdale.net. Um, and you can give us a call. It's 0203 4755 uh, You can press 1 to be put straight through to us, or you can press 2 to leave us a voicemail. As, uh, I think we've got one, to, one of those to play out a bit later on as well. Uh, here's a quick rundown of what we have for you today. Uh, there'll be a quick roundup of the week's news with our regular News in Brief feature. We'll review the emphatic 4-1 defeat at Ashton Gate on Tuesday. We'll look back on yesterday's 2-1 defeat against Middlesbrough and ask whether being without points makes us pointless. Uh, we'll get the lowdown from Furhead on the performance of the new boys and also have a chat about the rumoured incomings after Dougie and Steve Parrish have both said that more was to come in the next two weeks. Uh, we'll work through all of your contact from the last few days and various topics. There'll be further news on how to enter our competition to win a t- pair of tickets to the Charlton away game. And finally, we'll have a look ahead to the games against Preston and Sheffield Wednesday. That's enough of that. Here is News in Brief. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. Crystal Palace under-18s welcomed a tough Middlesbrough side on Saturday and kicked off their league campaign with a promising 1-1 draw. A late equaliser from a dominant Palace side by Sully Kaikai secured the draw and the youngsters missed two penalties. Three options for Palace on tour day three have been narrowed down to Leicester, Saturday the 27th of October, Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday the 23rd of February or Blackpool on Monday the 1st of April. CPFC have contacted the clubs above and are happy to report that Sheffield Wednesday have kindly confirmed that if this match is chosen, they will reduce ticket prices for children from £14 to £1 in conjunction with other offers on food and drinks around the ground. To vote, check the official site or the BBS. The club have announced the launch of the club's new group ticket scheme. The scheme will offer group discounts for bookings of 20 or more, which will enable local groups, clubs, organisations, reduce ticket pricing to make a visit to Sellers Park even more financially achievable. For more group, for more information on group tickets, please contact the box office on 08712 a busy Friday saw Palace sign three new players for the suggestion of more to come. As suggested last week, Bristol City youngster Yannick Bolassi joined for an undisclosed fee on a three-year deal, and the same terms were applied to the signing of versatile Cardiff defender Darcy Blake. Finally, Palace announced a surprise signing of Brazilian attacking midfield player Andre Moritz on a free for one year. News in Brave, Brave, Doc Brown. Rage, rage is key to rap. You gotta understand that, right? Rage is vital. You have that fire in your belly. You know, I think of all my mates who rap. They, you know, they, 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 they you could give them a, a topic like police, race, politics. You know, they, they, anything will get them fired up. It'll inspire their lyrics. I mean, me, I, I, I can get angry and start rapping about politics. Do you know what I mean? I'm too much of a fence sitter, too wishy washy. I'm apathetic. You know, me, I'd be like, fuck Nick Clegg, he's a wannabe. However, I do agree with some of his policies. <laughs> Comedian, actor, singer, and Palace fan. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Why do you think nobody ever give you any credit? Why you last on the list of your doctor's patients? Chronological or is your surgery racist? What type of dog shits on the pavement in front of your house? Alsatian, racist. Say you're typing in a search engine, trying to write haters with a Z at the end. 
And your computer goes, did you mean haters? That's how you know Google's racist. Coming soon, exclusively on Homesdale Radio. When you're down and out and you're really up against it, just remember the basics. It's a mantra, repeatedly say this. You're not a loser, it's just everybody's racist. Hey, welcome back. That's uh, nice to hear uh, Doc Brown's entire set again there. Um, I think we should probably clip that a little bit. Anyway, uh, the first question we've asked uh, people before we get into this review of Bristol City was um, a guy called Aintree, post on the H- Homestown, asked if we could talk about Stuart O'Keefe. Uh, basically, what you know? Why do we think he's not involved? And you know, and, and do we really rate him? And we've had a couple of tweets in from on that already. Henry Henry Garwood has said um, he's a versatile box to box player, something KG is meant to do and doesn't do nearly as well. So, um, you know, obviously Henry's uh, someone who, who wants to see O'Keefe involved there. And uh, Luke Constable, oh, not you, Luke. Damn you. Uh, he said O'Keefe had an excellent end of last season uh, and a decent pre-season so in his eyes he's a start of this season and he hopes Dougie sees it it's rare for me to agree with Luke but I, I do um, certainly uh, well when a, when a player performs strongly you would uh, you think they should keep their place it sends the right message out and um, Ricky who's uh, also known as Mighty Palace says personally he'd love to see O'Keefe terrorising the midfield along with Williams um, I think I've, I've heard uh, O'Keefe described as sort of Williams without the technical ability so you know sort of the sort of does the donkey work but you know I think I go back to sort of Exeter really and um, he was the, the sort of the one player in that Exeter game that we won that that actually was able to sort of get around the pitch and and put in the defensive challenges that were necessary. So for me, you know, he's never really let anyone down whenever he's been in the in the, in the um in the team. So I mean, got to get your opinions. If I start with you, Ferd, and to answer your question, no, I don't. In our show, we don't. I don't ask how you are anymore. Um, I think people notice the insincerity in my voice when I asked how people were. I realised I didn't really care. So we oh. just get we just get right on with the show now. Um, oh so really? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. It's a bit confusing, but um. So, O'Keefe, uh, firstly, what's your thoughts on him as a player? And do you think that you know he should be an automatic starter? Um, I've only seen O'Keefe in, in some of the Carling Cup games, or what's it called, Capital One now. Um, and, you know, he's, he's performed well. Um, I'd like to see him play a bit more, be, be given a run in the team. But, you know, Dougie's going with the, the KG Jedinek partnership. Um, whether he's willing to break it as time goes on um, will remain to be seen. But yeah, I, I'd love to see him play. You know, lots of people say O'Keefe plays well. He, he's played well in the Exeter game. He deserves a chance in the game uh, in the team. And why not? I, I'd definitely like to see him playing starting starting at least. Joe. Mm. Yeah, well, you know my feelings on uh, on O'Keefe. I mean, I just think he's he's full of energy. He's a young star. He's, you know, he doesn't seem to have. Not that I'm saying that KG has, but he doesn't seem to have any any attitude. You know, he's wants getting egg. He's stuck in. You know, he, he just and, and he he can pass. I just think if he gets a run, um, you know, not just a cup run either. Uh, then I I think he's got. A, you know, I think he'd have a chance of of stamping some authority, and that's what we do need. We need someone to stand all for and uh, I, I, I just like the ways. I just like everything about him, and I just think if he had the chance, it would be. Uh, I, th- I think he, I think he'd do okay. But he's, he seems to be the sort of player that the Palace fans love. You know, he's kind of he's almost 
sort of cult hero status already. And it's well, cult well, hero I, status because because he gets his he gets in there and yeah. listen, we can't don't smash people up. But what he does is he gets in there and he he tackles, you know, and he runs and he runs. He, he gives you effort. I, f- I think I think what it is, Palace. With as a Palace fan, my own personal thing is right. If we got smashed every single week, our team went out there and they run their bits off and they tried and and when they walked off, they were. You know, you knew that they tried. It, mm. it wouldn't seem half as bad. But when you see them giving the ball away, poor passes, and then you see them not chasing, and then and then you see that what we would be calling sort of boring-ish tactics that have been, that have been used, you know, a little bit. Yeah. Um, you, you can. That's why we get the ump. That's right. all. All fans would get the ump, not just Palace fans. But we just like him when he gets out there. He gives us what we want, and uh, and then KG ain't doing that at the moment for my mm. for my money. Do you think that this? I mean, just to sort of play devil's advocate again, I, I kind of agree, and, and I should just pick up on a point that uh, Maxi Palace has just said on how he's just just basically get get okay with him, Dougie. You know, it's sort of there, there seems to be almost unanimous agreement on this. <coughs> <clears throat> the only thing that I worry about, you know, again, it's not enough to keep him out of the team for me, but is is perhaps his um, his range of passing, if you like, you know, in terms of building an attack and retaining possession. But but having said that, he doesn't really offer anything. He, he's not any less able than than the other guys in there. I don't think so. I mean, that's that's my potential reason why he might not be involved. But but Joe, you wanted a bit more. Well, no, we, we don't. We don't. <coughs> he, he ain't Beckham, is he? And we're not asking mm. him to be to ping sixty yard balls to free foot. You know, for someone to run onto. What we're asking for is someone in the midfield to 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 break up the play, which isn't which isn't being broken up. You know, and uh, like Jedi runs. He's Bits off, you know. And he, I just think he hasn't got he hasn't got the uh, the backup from KG that he needs. And I think okay, if, if you gave him a chance, see what I, I think you'd see him as good as he was when he when he terror and he did terrorise. No matter what way you look at, terrorising Man United, a decent Man United midfield last year. And again, like I said, I said last week, I didn't want to keep harping on about the Man United game. But if it means that we have to to, to talk about games like that from last year about O'Keefe because he ain't being used enough, then that's what we've got to keep doing until someone listens. No, it's a fair point. I've also noticed Nick has said, never mind uh, Penelope O'Keefe. I don't, yeah, that nice one, Nick. Um, bring back Marrow. Um, that's the same Alex Marrow who is currently on the bench at Fleetwood Town in League Two. But um, <clears throat> Alex has got a long way to come back to the, the standard he was at, I think, unfortunately. But certainly the Marrow that we signed uh, would do a similar job. But I think O'Keefe's eclipsed anything that, that Alex Marrow uh, did for Palace. And I think he's certainly the one. We, we need to look at but <clears throat> excuse me but talking about that uh, that midfield um, well it was one of the the main areas of concern in the game versus Bristol City which I'm going to take you through now obviously uh, of the team I was the only one who stupidly made that uh, long midweek journey down there um, I, you know it it's like any trip to Bristol City you know it's going to go wrong we've just got a, a horrific record at Ashton Gate um, I don't think we've won in you know, God knows how long, probably 20 odd years, certainly the 80s, I think, the last time we won there, according to what I read. And uh, after sort of about two minutes of looking like we might do something, um, it was pretty pretty clear we weren't going to. Um, so, the same sort of starting lineup that, that um, we finished the game, sorry, that we started the game with uh, against Watford. So, yes, Brony and Goal, Ward at right back, uh, Dean Moxie at left back, with Martin and Ramage in the middle. Defence, uh, Johnny Parr played left wing, sort of. Um, KG sort of drifted between the centre and the wings. Uh, Owen Garvin played in midfield, you know, one of the one of the better performers on the day uh, with, with Jednak. 
And uh, Wilf Zaha, again, roaming sort of in behind um, Aaron Wilbraham. And, well, you know, of, of the two pla- of the players mentioned, really only Garvin and, and Zaha did anything of any real note. Um, it, it was an abject performance. And, and anyone who would have followed in the tweets and, and has sort of read the match reports we've done and all that sort of stuff will know that it was 4-1 was generous. We We genuinely could have conceded you know, eight, nine, maybe even ten goals. It, it was that poor. Um, I mean, Bristol City had seven shots on target, seven off, off target. You know, I'm pretty sure. Well, we were we were lucky that all seven on target didn't go in. Put it that way. Um, so Dougie named that unchanged side, and, and let's sort of go through some talking points. If anything crops up for you guys, just just get in there if you want to talk about it. Otherwise, I'll just get through this, and we can concentrate on the most recent game. But um. So, first off, we, we started brightly, but the first corner, and you'll know I've been moaning about set pieces ever since, ever since Paddy's been out, and that's going to be a topic of discussion. Um, we defended it badly, but, I mean, when it's, when it's not going for you, it's not going for you. Ball falls out the feet of... Uh, uh, hmm. Well, first, <laughs> a, it was a header from John Stead, that was it. Uh, they hit the bar, and the ball fell to the feet of another Bristol City player whose name escapes me. Help, anyone? Hmm... Taylor Martin it was. Warford. No, no, no. He scored the second. It was Ryan Taylor, the Ryan oh. Taylor, who managed to put it in the net. Um, so yeah, again, like so, was, and we were shell shocked. And very, very soon after that, a long straight ball down the centre uh, from as we were pushing forward. Dean Moxie was the furthest player back, pretty much just on the, you know around the centre circle. Went to put his left foot to trap the ball. Ball just goes straight under his foot. Um, he sort of couldn't really turn quick enough to do anything about it. Martin Wolford. You know, picked up on the air, ran straight through, and, and wonderful chip past Peroni. Couldn't do anything about that. But you know, we're two 0 down. You're looking at each other, thinking, "Oh my god, why the hell did I come here again? I never learned my lesson." Uh, and we really, we really did struggle to do anything. And as I said before, Garvin and Zaha were the only ones of, of, of any real note in that half. Um, so yeah, uh, sort of go in two um, 0 down, and we're just thinking, "Well, you know, can't really get any worse than this." Start the second half, all Bristol again. Um, just, you know, attack after attack. Um, held them off pretty well, uh, but Dean Moxie, unfortunately, put in a, a rash challenge, got himself a yellow card and eventually <laughs> got substituted immediately afterwards. And John Stead tucked away the penalty, so we're 3-0 down. Um, and I think bringing on a pyre for, for Dean Moxie sparked us into life a bit. Um, a pyre, again, he's someone I do want to sort of talk about, really. Um, he... <sighs> I'm not sure he's up to the stand. We'll, we'll talk about him in the... Because, he, again, he, he came off the bench against Middlesbrough and I was talking to Furhad about him. We'll talk about him then. But, yeah, he came on sort of... His energy and his movement sparked us into a bit of life. And, um, you know, a decent attack ended with, with KG at the back post, smashing the ball home and ended up a consolation. But, but shortly after that, Jednak had a really good chance just to almost tap in, if you like it, to make it 3-2 and, and he's missed it. And... Um, I think that that was it. That was our chance to get anything from that game, um, unfortunately. And a little bit later on, we just stood right off, uh, right off Albert Adamoa, who again terrorised us. Fantastic player, he really is. Really impressed with him last season um, against us, and he very much carried that on. So, um, I mean, overall, I mean, that's that's the game. Four one killed it. Uh, overall, nowhere near good enough, and, and some pretty major action was required. Um, so before I talk to the lads about a few of the talking points from that, I'm going to go to Ben because he's got a rather large email to read out. Yes, I have. It's from Pete Oxen Eagle. 
and he says, uh, well, he's pretty much just said where he thinks we're going wrong. So I'll, I'll give it a read, and then you can mm-hmm. you can chat about it. He says, just thought I'd share a few observations. I've made as I have the benefits of reviewing the footage I've taken of both the Watford and the Bristol games. I must stress, though, that I'm fully behind the board and our management team. Firstly, a point you made, Chris, about retaining possession, which was spot on. From what I can see, these are the contributing factors. Poor passing, the technique's poor, there's not enough options to pass to. We're hitting high forward balls, making it 50-50, which then makes the next ball 30-70 against. On the second ball, we're always second. There's a lack of confidence. We're not pressing the opposition hard enough to win the ball back, and we're not sharp enough. We're lacking in key areas of fitness and body composition and our reaction time and agility isn't good enough. Obviously, this doesn't apply to every member of the team and no doubt aspects will improve at different times. I'm really pleased with the new signings and if we bring in a goal scorer, all the better. I believe we will have a competitive squad for the championship. We need to get everyone to the Wednesday game, all the dissenters, the conditional supporters and the doubters and make sellers to wall of noise for that works team from Barnsley. Uh, all the best to Pete. Well, thanks for that, Pete. I mean, Pete's, yeah, he's, he's pretty much bang on there. I think we've, um, we can kind of point to the, the signings we've made as, um, as, as kind of a realisation of that. And I, I'm sure it's not something that's only just occurred to, to Dougie. But, I mean, well, you know, again, I, as Pete said, I said it myself, it's the easiest way for me to defend. If you talk, call it a defensive team, you can't really be a defensive team and not be able to retain the ball because, you know, the best team in the world, you're not going to hold off people for for entire 90 minutes they're going to get chances and if you offer nothing up the other end you're going to be in real trouble so I I think yeah we don't have enough quality on the ball um, and it's noticeable without Johnny Williams that that that's even more worrying because he's one of the few that carries the ball and he was one of the few bright spots in pre-season we talked about it before we talked about we'd be petrified we said pre-season if we lost the spine of the team you know Paddy Williams and and at the time we were talking about Glenn Murray up top and and that has panned out we've lost two well we've lost all of those really um so I'm going to go to to Jill first and then we'll, um, then Ferhad and we'll see what we think all right I'm, I, my, my thing is like for the Watford just if we can go back to just what for the Watford game the passes right, okay, yeah. didn't seem to be didn't seem to like a ten yard pass was like an eight yard if the player was ten yards apart it was like an eight yard pass you know so what it did. If you were caught flat, well, you're going to get caught flat-footed if it's if it's not it, it properly, and that allowed their players to to quickly get on. You know, they were they were obviously faster in thought. They could see what was going on. I don't think we're we haven't got bad players. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I, yeah. I, I think if we say we've got bad players, it's not. I, I think Pete's definitely hit it there with a lack of confidence already. I mean, you know, confidence breeds confidence. Um, you could see when we scored. Uh, when we got the penalty, and then and then Garvin runs through. I mean, he just walks through the middle of their defence, and we're, you know, for our second goal, and you're thinking, well, why why aren't we doing that? Why aren't we just do that all the time? You know, everything seemed to be zipping. As soon as they scored, they got their second goal. We were just sort of trying to defend areas, and I, f- I don't know what they, what they, you know what they're being coached or what they're being told to do. But it doesn't. It doesn't seem to. It doesn't seem to be working. But I mean, what do you think, Ferid? Um, you know, uh, during preseason, um, everyone's been focusing on fitness. Uh, that's what it's all about, really. Getting getting fit for the new season. For me, um, you know, Pete's pretty spot on with his email. Um, ball retention, passing the ball. Um, it's what you see other teams doing at Celeste, and you think to yourself, why can't we do that? Um, mm. you, you see, you see the. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to say, say it in this way. 
David Wright passes, um, <laughs> passes which are being sprayed all over the place, going to nobody, yards away from anyone really, and, and you just think that it's, it just adds to the pressure really, because um, because then the, your opponents get the ball and then they go down the other end and then the defense basically just don't have any chance to rest. Um, we nice. we need to look, we need to play at different tempos, not be scared of holding on to the ball, pass it amongst ourselves. I, I know it's a, a bit of a, a far-fetched comparison, but last night they were analysing Swansea's game West Ham, and mm. the amount of passing, just the movement, is amazing. And I, I'd love to see that. See, the well, thing is, so you just said that. Sorry, sorry, Chris. That's, you, you, that's exactly what you just, the one word, right, Fred, movement. What we are, what our players are expecting is wherever they're standing, they go, "Hey, yeah, mate, over here." You know what they're not doing? They're not giving. I, f- I think once a player, once a player is standing on the ball and he has to stick his head up and look, I think he should be looking at at least one or two options. And we don't give enough options. But he's here, you know. And 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 the thing is, if if you become hungry and you become confident and you start you all of a sudden you find them passes, you find the space, yeah. and we and, and that's what we're definitely definitely lacking. Uh, you know, we've got players trying to whip worldies, which you don't need to do. You know, if you've got, a, I'll come back to the goalkeeper. You know, and then, yeah. but our left back and our right back should be all of a sudden should be belting it out to the out wide to take the ball again. You know, and then whatever side it is, then the forward, then the, the midfielders should be having three midfielders should be giving him the two in the centre and one on the left hand side. If we're playing with a four in the midfield, even if they are defensive, they shouldn't be that far away from the left back. You know, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, I don't get I don't get where we're going wrong here when it comes to passing. Well, I think I mean, as a plastic scouser, you'll appreciate this term. But the the pass and move, the pass and move thing. You know, do you remember pass and move the song? Pass and move, it's a Liverpool groove. Have you got that? Anyway, yes. Mo- moving swiftly on. <laughs> uh, no, I think that is, that is the that is the problem with us, and it's been the problem with us as Furhead was was in, indicating. It, it's been that problem for for as long as I can almost remember. I it mean, wasn't under George Burley. Well, uh, yeah, we passed and moved in the direction of our own goal to concede many. That's what happened there. But um, no, look, I just again, I don't think we've ever ha- really had enough players. Um, I go back to to Michael Hughes, who when we when we got him in, he made such a difference. I mean, everyone talks about AJ and how important he was, but uh, you know, in in our sort of best spells in in that period, if you like. But Michael Hughes coming into that team, even though he hadn't played football in a year. You could just give him the ball, you know, and and he, he, he you know, he, people would move for him, but if they didn't, he'd create a p- space and a pass anyway. And we haven't got enough people like that. I say we haven't got enough people like that. We'll come on to our new signings in a bit and who we're, we're targeting because I think that we're certainly speaking to third. I think that that's possibly an area we're, we're trying to address as a matter of some urgency. I just want to pick up back on O'Keefe Palace guard, um, who's God dear Ostrava. Where's that? Someone in the Czech Republic or something? I don't know what he's moving all over the world now, uh, but he's saying O'Keefe's a KG simple swap. But he wouldn't want O'Keefe and Williams in the same starting eleven, too young and inexperienced. When you add Wilf in as well, uh, I wanted to bring that up because for me, the, the players that actually pass and move are the youngsters because our actually our academy uh, coaching staff they bring that through really well. If you go, if you what I mean, a lot of people would have seen our youth now, and obviously there's an opportunity to do that at, at Sellers tomorrow as well, which we'll talk about a bit later on. Our, our youngsters do play pass and move. They do. They keep. They, you know, there's not an awful lot of smacking the ball into the channel. It's a lot of nice short passing, moving and giving people, giving each other options. And 
And, I'm, and that's why when you see academy players, and everyone says, oh, so-and-so in the academy is linking well together with, with, with the other person from the academy. That's, that's what it is. And I, I think Chris123 on, uh, on homestyle.net has just said that. We can do it too. Swansea are not Barca. They just play the right way. And, and I'm, I agree, very much agree with that, Chris. I think it's not beyond the realms of possibility for, to ask our players to pass and move. Um, so, yeah, um, we'll, um, I don't know, it's a subject we could go on forever. I think, I think we've got to try and move it on a bit. I'm just going to try and pick up on a little, few little bits and pieces about the Bristol game. Well, I say it's about the Bristol game, the questions that came out of it. Uh, the first thing we talked about, um, we've said on, on Twitter and various other places, and if you want to get involved in answering these questions, you can email as well, radio at homesdale.net. Um, Basically, uh, Sam Sam Woolley has said that he'd slot Garvin O'Keefe in alongside Jed. This is changes in the starting eleven. Sorry, uh, and he would put Garvin or O'Keefe in along uh, and O'Keefe alongside Jednak, and he'd play Moritz or Williams ahead of him. And obviously, we didn't have Moritz at the time of the Bristol City game, and Williams is injured, and that's when you start looking at the options that Dougie has, and we simply didn't have enough options. And Patrick O'Connor's pretty much said the said the same thing. O'Keefe, Jednak, and Moritz is what we need right now until John Esther comes back. Um, I, I mean, you know, from what people have said, I'm, I'm almost salivating at the prospect of Moritz and Williams in the same team. Um, but yeah, so move on, move on from that. Um, obviously, the other question that has to come up and will keep coming up and, until results pick up are, you know, does does an abject performance like the performance against Bristol City justify sacking the manager, whether he's Dougie Friedman or not? Uh, Jay the Eagle says three games is nothing. Judge where we are after 10. Three signings and two more suspected is very positive and great support for Dougie Friedman. Great support for Dougie Friedman. Um, Mrs. Ben Nagel, that's Harriet Scoot, says, I did that deliberately, sorry, Ben, Uh, says Dougie should definitely keep his job, give the boys a chance. New signings have hardly had a chance to play yet. Very valid point. Uh, Lee Ward says 100% uh, keep Dougie. The signings that have come in and the potential new ones uh, should give Dougie a chance to turn our fortunes around. Tony G says Dougie deserves until Christmas. Feels disloyal saying that, but lack of progress is worrying. If not resolved by Christmas, needs to be reassessed. And finally, Ricky, uh, who's Mighty Palace, says Dougie Freeman should not be replaced. We're one year into the five-year plan. Last season... Uh, is last season we stayed up we've only lost the three games this season um well Joe, you, you want to jump in there mate yeah i, I mean listen I, like i said to you last week i'm i'm not in the i'm not in the uh the dougie out camp i want you know i want him to stay um as long as he's as long as he's doing all right by the club but this uh if he's not resolved by christmas listen we could be damned before by christmas <laughs> yeah it's, it's three months you know it's not another 14 15 games if we're if we're rooted to the bottom, I'm telling you now, there's no one in a million years that fans will be screaming. They'll have 400 people turn up on a Saturday afternoon. If we're bottom at Christmas, you know, it's just that's the way it is at Palace. You're not doing well, crowds go down. But you, you, the, the, listen, the club and the and the owners will find out. Um, people vote with their feet. You know, uh, it's, times are hard at the moment, and unfortunately, it's when 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 the teams are playing bad. Um, I, I just, I just think I don't know how long you get him. I don't know how long you give yeah. him. That's the thing. Well, I mean, well, well, let me let me ask you a question, right? Um, obviously, if you get rid of a manager, you've got to have someone come in, right? And you, and he's exactly. got to work with he's got to work with the players that he's got. Um, is do you really? I mean, I, I'm not saying it is or it isn't. This is just a question for you to answer, and I'm glad I don't have to answer it. Really, um, is it just a simple case of changing an attitude and changing an approach to the game and that group of players? 
uh, are capable of more, or have we simply not got a good enough group of players? I don't know. I mean, they're professional footballers. They, they, that's what they do for. They, they, they do that for a living. You know, I'm a tyler. If, if I wasn't very good at what I did, I wouldn't be able to go work. Um, sometimes you you do wonder with their attitude. You know, I mean, I'd, I I really don't. I really don't know. There's so many. Something's missing, and, and and we can all scream and shout about what it is and kick him out and do this and do that, but it, mm. it becomes pretty obvious, you know, that's just just two, three games in that something's going wrong. I mean, I'm I'm so pleased that the that the owners have, have just they've taken that, you know, they said didn't they that we would spend some money, yep. um, in trying to trying to do what the best thing is for the club, so and they've they've put their money where their mouth is, um, regardless of, of what we've sold and got rid of in the last four or five months. Um, so, and they've said there's, you know, there's, there's more players coming. So, mm. I mean, the only other, I don't, I really don't, I really don't know. No, I mean, we've got, we got three one. players out, we've it's, got three players injured and they're all yeah. in several part, you know, Murray, uh, Williams and, and Paddy. I mean, yeah. if we had all three of those in, I'm sure people won't be screaming. Yeah, no, absolutely. Furhad, mate, you wanted to jump in there. Um, no, I just wanted to say quickly, um, I'm very much in the Dougie Friedman camp. Um, should be given more time, uh, but obviously uh, uh, there's only so much time you can have. But with the new signings that we've signed, with potential new signings on the way this coming week, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm optimistic that we'll get out of this situation. Yeah. Just, just very quickly on the question that you asked. Um, can a change of manager galvanise a team to do better? Well, you know, look look into the Chelsea example. They were, they were terrible under Veres Boas. Yeah. And then Robbie Di Matteo t- took over and, you know, they, they won the Champions League. So um, look into ourselves in the past, you know. I think we got thumped 5-0 by, by uh, Wigan on my birthday uh, a few seasons back. Uh, Ian Dowie takes over at Christmas. And uh, we get promoted, so it it, it can happen. Is is what I'm trying to say. Mm. I think that's a fair point. Uh, look, I I'm not. Uh, we've seen so much managerial change at Palace, uh, and some of it's worked, and some of it hasn't. Um, I I don't necessarily. I know it's, it's harsh to say, but I don't think at this point in time, Dougie is getting the best out of the players we've got. I think he's getting the best out of some of the players, and I think he, he's actually got some of the players playing above a level I thought they could get to. But but he's not using others as, as best as he can, and and you know you look at it and it it, it feels a, it does feel a little bit like the Peter Taylor years, the, the sort of too scared to lose a football match. Uh, Peter Taylor was paralysed by fear at this football club. You know he. He, he just cared too much about Palace and he just, you know, he feared getting the sack and his fear of getting the sack got him the sack. It's ridiculous. It just, he got caught in this cycle of, of I don't want to lose this football match. And, you know, the players, I think at the time really did try their best under him and they really did want to work for him. Um, but, but he just, he, he didn't really know how to, uh, to approach it. And, and I'm, I mean, on, on that sort of subject, you know, obviously I'm being a little bit negative toward Dougie. I'm not, in any way advocating a change because I, I still although it has turned a little more towards hope than belief I, I still have a, a, a degree of faith in, in Dougie being able to turn it around particularly when I see the players that he's been after and that, that we have signed so Joe, you've got further thoughts on that well yeah I mean uh, the only other thing I will add is, is if you look at it from a, from a financial and, and stand back and have a look at it uh, point of view is if the board sacked Dougie firstly they've got to pay him off 
And then secondly, they've got to get another manager and they've got to persuade a manager to come in and say, look, you ain't getting any money. You ain't getting any more players. This is what you got. No one's going to want in and come and do that. So from, from someone that I spoke to, um, pretty knowledgeable person about football, and he reckons he's talking about two or three million quid. If we sack him and then bring a new manager in, we have to buy new players, and then what, where are we going to be? We're going to be back to the beginning. So, you know, the board, the board have backed him with some new players um, and uh, and more new players to come. And all we've got to do now, we have literally got, to, you know, we've got to, we've, you know, we've got to give our legend because that's what most people see him as. Um, yeah. We've got to give our legend a bit of time. And uh, and if not, then we won't make the decision, will we? It'd be no. Steve, Stevie Parrish and the boys, and upstairs they just go like chow, and, and he's yeah. gone. Yeah, no, very true, mate. Look, at some point, I mean, you've got to look at it this way as well. Every manager is on a on a limited period of time at a football club. I mean, with a very very few exceptions. Uh, so at some point, the time will come either through someone else coming in for him or through him not achieving results, the Dougie will leave this club. So, I mean, if people just accept that and, and try and look at the situation logically, then, you know, may, what I'm not, I'm not saying for any, by any stretch of the imagination that I'm totally agreeing with everyone who's, who's slated the manager and saying Dougie out. I think it's w- way too early in this season because he simply hasn't, and I don't, you don't know the reasons, and that's part of the reason why I say you can't make the choice now. He hasn't had a chance to, to completely build his team and to, to fill in all the gaps that he's aware of. You know, I imagine he had a fairly significant shopping list of players and from what I understand, a lot of work's gone into that and and through a combination of bad luck and bad timing, a lot of those things are missed and we're kind of left just just by holding our nerve and just saying, look, we're not just going to get someone in just because we need to get someone in. We're going to get the right player and, and if it means we have to wait until the right, last possible moment to do it, then that's what we'll do. And we've seen three signings come in. And as we'll talk about very, very shortly, we've seen a, a, an improvement already. That improvement has got to be more significant. It's got, it really has, you know, in, in a not too short space of time as well. Uh, because, you know, we're, we're, at the end of the day, it is a results business. And at the moment, we're bottom of the league on zero points. Um, so that, which, which is just, you cannot be happy about no matter who you are, really. Um, just picking up on a couple of comments. Um, Oh, you've already said a results business there, Joe. I sort of didn't even have, haven't even read that at the time, so we're on the same wavelength. Um, ben has just pointed out that Nick has said that uh, Joe is on the money about not getting rid of Dougie, though. Um, I think, yeah, again, I, I agree with that. Just pick up on a couple of emails. TC Eagle has said, does anyone know what percentage Palace will get of the transfer fee Chelsea paid for Victor Moses? Well, I think <sighs> uh, that question gets asked a huge amount. Um, it's not 20%. Um, it's a percentage of the fee, uh, of the profit that Wigan made, and I reliably informed it was just under a million quid we'll make in total. I think I'm ready to be corrected on that though. Um, <clears throat> and uh, one last email from Nick. Uh, it says, uh, "Looking forward, I haven't seen any games this season. To be frank, I ain't been that fussed. However, after listening to the commentary on the Middlesbrough game, I feel a bit better because the new ones seem to be okay." St. Moritz seems to have developed an early telepathy with Will, which is good. Uh, watching the under-18s yesterday was good. I'm going to talk about those in a moment. Uh, showed a lot of resilience, so I won't read the rest of that. Uh, I'm wondering who will get a loan. Michael Owen on a game-by-game contract might be good. If Chris can go and kill his racehorses, he won't have any interests left up north. Not sure that one's going to happen. And uh, who would you like to see to complete the Palace Jigsaw? Be realistic. Um, 
Okay, any thoughts on that as we end this uh, this review of Bristol? It wasn't really a review of Bristol. Uh, Ferhad, anyone in particular you'd like to see? Just one name, because we haven't got long. Um, one name, Jay Boffroyd. Um, we've, Jay, got people well, at, we've got people at the club who can, who can work deals. Um, I don't think he has a squad number at QPR. Why not? Mm-hmm. Well, he's been rumoured alongside DJ Campbell from, from QPR as well, funnily enough. Joe, uh, one name? Uh, pass. <laughs> I like him. He's my favourite. Yes, that's what I was on about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, right. he, 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 bring some forwards in. Bring, bring, yeah, it's got, it's got to be up front. Or really. bring some wingers. Bring some wingers. Well, Balassi's a winger. We'll, we'll have a little chat about him in a moment and, and how he got on. Uh, just before we go into talking about just for a few little plugs for us. Uh, first of all, um, the Homestay Radio blog uh, had a great week last week, funnily enough. Um, posted a couple of well-timed articles, which people seem to really enjoy and uh, really got some really nice feedback on that, so I really appreciate that. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, it's www.holradio.net forward slash blog. Have a little read. Uh, and there should be a new one up there I'm aiming to do by Tuesday, I think. Try and do a couple of week. And hopefully some of the other lads will get a bit more involved in that as well. Um, as ever, this is as also a, a plea here, really, for you. Um, we've had some fantastic people already donate money to our running costs, um, which we've already spent on improving lots of little bits and pieces, which hopefully is being noticed now. Um, if you can spare any money to help us and you feel that what we do is worth something to you, um, www.holradio.net forward slash donate if you can't don't worry feel free continue listening guilt free we don't blame you for it but um <laughs> it'd be nice if we could get uh, get some help for the uh, streaming costs for the rest of the season that's all we're really after um okay winning a pair of Charlton tickets a lot of people have entered already um <laughs> oh dear we've got some um got some things to talk about here um <laughs> The um the way you enter is you email your name, phone number, and address to competition at wholeradio.net. So that's holradio.net uh, to be automatically entered into the competition. The winner will be announced on the 9th of September 2012, and you must be listening to our show on the 9th of September 2012. Um, at the moment, we're not going to tell you any more than that, but that is how you know whether you'll win or not. We were talking before the show, weren't we, Joe, about the um, the circus music there. We thought it might be a nice little touch if, if when Palace were playing um, the clowns, it might be good if, while the Charlton were in possession of the football, that all the fans sung that music. <laughs> Just a little I, thought there. I think, I think if Block B did that, I think they would uh, get the rest of the crowd going. I really do. <laughs> And, uh, oh. and plenty of, and plenty of uh, honk honk yeah. as well. But, yeah. <laughs> Fun times. It's eerie. <laughs> the one, yeah. Uh, okay, last little bit of information before we carry on. Um, Liverpool development game tomorrow. Um, we are we are delighted to announce that we will be at Sellers Park covering that game uh, in terms of live commentary. Um, it'd be great if you can get down to Sellers to support the team but if you can't get there we're here to make sure you don't miss a thing tune in at holradio.net tomorrow afternoon go live at 2.45pm with uh, with a strange buzzing sound by the sounds of it where's that coming from hmm. anyway um, tune in <laughs> sorry uh, we'll go live at 2.45pm with John Burgess hosting our pre-show chat and Ben Nagel will join me for the commentary uh, those of you who heard our Cray commentary will know what to expect although certain people gel 
of being kept away from the press area to stop heckling me during the commentary. You think I'm being kept away. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, Listen, it's a great chance to, to, to hear how some of the best pl- young players at the club are developing. Uh, they also permit three overage players in the squad, so you know you can see some fringe players on either side, uh, or, or maybe one of our new signings needing match fitness get a game. So do, um, do listen, or if you can, get along to Sellers Park for the 3 o'clock kickoff. Box office opens at 12 if you haven't got a ticket. Um, and uh, just a quick mention of that under-18s game that was played out on Saturday as well. Um, it was, I think the, the, the under-18s went 3-0 down um, and actually came back to draw 3-3 and had a couple of goals disallowed. It was a very strong performance and I've been asked to mention specifically that Sully Kaikai had an absolutely fantastic game. I saw some people comparing his his goal to a sort of a Wilfred Zaha effort. So great to hear uh, another young player starting to sort of come through. He's been, you know, been around a while, but... Um, yeah, fantastic stuff. Uh, we need to. Well, uh, no, no. I was, I was thinking I was going to talk about Paddy a bit more there, but let's let's review Middlesbrough first. So a bit of a change in the the Palace lineup. Um, before I go to Fur, had to take us through this. Uh, obviously, Julian Sproni in goal. Uh, Aaron Martin and Peter Ramage continued at centre back, but uh, at right back we had new signing Darcy Blake. I believe that's how we lined up anyway. Uh, left back was Johnny Parr. Uh, in midfield, you had uh, three of, of Garvin, KG and Jedinak. Uh, and then a f- sort of front three of Balassi, Zaha and Easter. Um, and obviously Moritz, the other new signing, starting on the bench there. So obviously it was a 2-1 defeat. Um, Ferhad, let's, uh, well, let's have a little chat about the, the, the sort of first half. Um, you, you reported to me at, at half-time about what happened. Uh, your first comment was that uh, Palace had played quite well in the first half. So, you want to sort of elaborate a bit more on that? Yeah, um, we we did okay in the first half. You know um, how Borough were uh, attacking was pretty much everything was going central through Ishmael Miller. He was knocking the ball down, and then it was going to the wings, either Faris Haroun or their other uh, right-sided midfielder. The, the name escapes me. Um, so they they were causing us some threat. Defensively, we were a bit shaky. Obviously, uh, after a 4-1 defeat midweek, it's going to be a bit like that. But um, as the half grew, uh, we, we gained confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nice to see uh, Bolassi with the ball um, and also Wilf on the other wing as well. And uh, It was great that both can interchange as well with Wilf on the left and Bolassi on the right. Mm-hmm. I'll talk, just talk, cut in there and talk about those two. Um, Balassi compared himself in style to Wilf. Uh, would you say that's fair? I mean, Wilf's a fantastic player. And, and you know, again, I don't know much about Balassi, but I, I would certainly sort of point to Wilf as being the superior player there. But, I mean, is there a similar style? Yeah, um, it's kind of similar. I We didn't get to see Balassi run with the ball as much as Wilf got, you know, got the opportunity to do so. But mm. uh, he likes to cut in from the left. Um, he's got a thunderous shot, you know. Um, if that hit the net, that no, if, actually, if it didn't get blocked, I, I reckon he would have scored yesterday. But it was blocked on both occasions. But yeah, got a powerful shot, um, full of full of energy. Definitely uh, someone who, who's got bags of pace and probably run down the wing all game long. Okay, mate. Look, the, the next thing we sort of talked about was. Um... You but you picked up on two players that were playing for for Middlesbrough that you felt the sort of players that we're missing, and yeah. I'll give you a chance to talk about those now. Um, first thing I, I've mentioned a bit earlier is uh, Ishmael Miller. Um, I think 
there might be quite a few games this season where we play just the one up front. Um, for me, the type of player that we need in our side uh, is, is Ishmael Miller. Obviously, uh, Borough have got him on loan from Nottingham Forest. Um, we need someone in that mould, someone who can win the ball in the air, can hold it up, um, pass it to the oncoming attackers, midfielders, uh, and keep the, keep the ball alive, really. And he, he just typifies someone who, uh, who, who we need. The, the, the second player I reckon that we need is um, someone in the Grant Ledbetter mould. Um, I think we, we, we have the players at Palace, but uh, sometimes it just feels as if they're just a bit too nice. Um, you, you look at KG and you really want to see him get stuck in, but it's just like a, you just see opponents going through our, our midfield. Um, I don't know what you guys feel about that, whether, whether my comment about Jedanak and K- And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. KG being a bit too nice. Are they too nice? Mm. But um, um, someone like Grant Ledbetter, who, who breaks up the play, gets us, gets stuck in. Who knows? Maybe that person, maybe a bit more like Stuart O'Keefe. Well, yeah. Again, that's that's a good shout. Um, Joe, uh, Joe is. Um, Joe, are you okay? Yeah. Um, right. You just seem to be. Slightly reacting to an invisible force of some sort there. <laughs> My um, cat. Just, oh, right, okay. just trying to chase a moth. That's all we need, another cat on the show. Nick usually brings his cat on the show. Listen, oh, we can go, get to Fahad's question. Um, he's, he's talking about, obviously, Grant, Grant Ledbetter Led, Led, uh, in the um, Middlesbrough midfield, sort of doing the sort of the nasty side of the game, the sort of, you know, the intimidation, the tough tackling, that sort of stuff. And we should, you know, given that we play all the, these defensive midfielders, it, well... So arguably that they're not always used as defensive midfielders, but but someone like Jedinak, we should be expecting him to do that side of it, shouldn't we? Um, but yeah, we should be expecting all our players to do that, shouldn't we? we I'll, I'll ask a question with a question. Shouldn't mm. all our B players be willing to get in there? But do you do you remember when when we played? We go, I can arc back to nineteen ninety, right? Semi final, played mm. Liverpool in the cup, went up there, bashed them up. Not yep. not four three, bash them up. Yeah, you know, yeah. We don't do that anymore, but we can do that in a championship. We can do that. You can go around. You can oof someone up in the air. You can do it once or twice before you're going to get carded in a Premiership. You're going to get it after ten seconds. But in our league, you can get people expect that. That's why we're not Premiership. But we're not doing that. We're not doing that at all. I I, I pray to see one of our players take a yellow. 
not because he's kicked someone because he's been kicked like when, when Wilf gets the um, eventually after he's been kicked for the 50th time and eventually he gets up and he pushes someone and gets a yellow well, I, I, I just want one, I just want our players to show some bite you know at least we can go I mean, I'm not talking about trying to take someone out and break you know bust them up I'm talking yeah. about getting there and just put a proper tackle in tell you what look, I mean who was the, I, I don't know his name. The kid and the free-free draw yesterday against Liverpool. The kid on the right hand side, right midfield. He did the most fantastic, full bloody tackle. Bashed, smashed his, his their left-sided midfielder up in the air, and then mm. about two minutes later, he actually tried to decapitate him, which he, you know, <laughs> and then he got guard for. But I, I, I just thought, God, you know what? Where's that come from? I didn't. We, I actually didn't see it. Funny enough, but it does sound a lot like Connor Diamond. Uh, he was playing right-sided defence, possibly pushing forward. He likes to tackle, but I don't know. It might have been him. But yeah, but, yeah I, I know what you mean. You just need a little bit more bite. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why we're missing the bite because we've had that for ever since I've been supporting Palace. We have been a team that goes out and intimidates. You know, when we mm. when we. We take the cards. I'm not, I, I don't, you know, I don't want us to be a dirty side. But I want us to be physical because otherwise, what they do is we'll we'll travel and they'll, they'll go. Oh, do you know what? What we've got to do is just kick that Wilf and then kick that Williams and then they have only yeah, got yeah. two. And that's what's been, it's what's been happening, mate. Um, all right, listen, we'll mo- we'll move on for that. Um, obviously, I did I did like Jed in that pre-season uh, did react to Wilf being kicked against Swindon. Funnily enough, and I don't know if he's been told not to do that again because he went absolutely spare. So. Um, but he's, he's the guy I expect to lead that. But you're right, we should expect that kind of commitment. And again, I don't necessarily think it's a, a, a deliberate lack of effort or commitment. I think maybe it's just a mentality thing. Uh, Chris has uh, pointed out on Homestead that was Connor Diamond. Thanks for that, mate. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I did. Re- yeah, he's he's not shy with a take with that lad. Um, I'm gonna just before we carry on with your, your first half stuff, uh, I just want to go to Ben quick and see if we've got any relevant tweets. Ben? Yeah, got a few in about the Middlesbrough game, kind of relating to that. One from Mark Ross, everyone knows him. He says, once Paddy and Johnny Estra are back and our new three signings are settled in, results will come. Also, we're missing Paddy as a leader. Lee Ward's tweeted in. He says, I travelled up to the game yesterday with renewed hope after the signings that we could get a positive result. Unfortunately, it didn't happen after a very poor first half and two silly goals conceded. Once we scored, there was only one team in it and I was left leaving the Riverside in a buoyant mood that our season indeed starts next weekend up the ballast. Uh, Oliver Porter has said, if we attack teams, we may have a surprisingly good season. If the defensive tactic persists, we'll go down. Simple. Um, Tony G says the signings give good reason to be positive but we shouldn't kid, kid ourselves there's still masses of work to be done and we need an established defensive partnership primarily to give solidity to the back line and then one more from Michael Townshend he says I feel we we're unlucky not to get anything from yesterday's game but with those three new signings possibly more I'm happy with Dougie mm, OK I mean, they're, they're all themes that we're going to come back to I think uh, on all of those things. Thanks for that communication, guys, and also everyone else has communicated. We'll, we'll try and get to as many things as we possibly can before the end of the show. But, OK, Ferhead, where we kind of left that, we were talking about the, the players that, that Barry had that we're missing, and obviously, I kind of, I, well, I certainly agree with you, Miller playing that lone frontman role, uh, you know, he looked a really special player before he got a serious injury. And like you said to me on the phone, it's very surprising that Forrest can... And let a player of that quality go out on loan. It says a lot yeah. about what they have left. But um, but then we talked a little bit about Blake Blaker playing at right back. Now you said he played well, but you weren't convinced he's got the height to be a centre back. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> when you compare him to Aaron Martin and Peter Ramage, I don't think anyone can be a centre back. But um, the guy, the guy definitely has defensive attributes. Uh, he's he's not scared to be on the ball as well. I think I'd, I'd like to uh, class him as a passing passing defender um someone who's who's not going to hoof it all the time if the pass is on 
uh, and possible, and he'll make that pass. Mm. But he certainly, why not? You know, I, I, I'm just saying that because he played right back. It, why, why can't he play centre back? It, it's possible. Well, I just, it's an interesting thing, just because obviously we've we've got Joel Ward and we know how highly Dougie rates him. But one of the things we picked up on both pre-season and during during this season is that. Again, and I, I thought it was just potentially because you're comparing him against Nathaniel Klein and how good Klein was as, as a one-on-one defender. But I haven't seen Ward stop many crosses coming in yet, and we've really suffered from that as well. Uh, and again, clearly he, he's got some learning to do defensively, and, and to bring in Blake and to play it right back and to drop Ward, that was a surprise to me. I, I expected like one of Ramage or Martin, and obviously assuming probably Martin to be fair, to come out of that that centre and to have Darcy Blake play there it's good to have a versatile player though I mean I'm hugely excited by the signing of Blake I know he's a defender and people don't get excited about defenders he's a fantastic player he really really was he is um, yeah um, okay look I've just had a question come in there's a lot of stuff in it from uh, from Leeds Eagle and I'm gonna we're gonna talk about Paddy a bit later on so I'll, I'll leave that part of it but um, he's talking about obviously the, the sort of pressure and things like that but he did, well, his last question is do you think we need to see more of Dougie in the technical area too? Uh, so if I can ask you that question, John. Um, or maybe not. Oh, no, 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 no. I was just, just taking a deep breath. <laughs> um, you, I mean, Holloway, Ian Holloway goes mental yeah. in his area. Every, all the managers, all the managers seem to go you know, seem to be screaming and shit. I, 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 don't, I don't see that. I think he, he looks like he's f- like a philosopher in the in there. <laughs> like he's, he's, he has his hand on his chin and he, yeah. he's other in one arm, one hand under his other arm, and and he's, like, you know, he's he's almost stroking the invisible beard and he's thinking, what am I going to do? What am I? What should we do? I, I, I don't know. I mean, if that was me, I'd be out there and I would be absolutely. <sighs> Going, yeah. do you know what I mean? And can I, I just to think. Can I can I just check something? Do you, are you saying that Dougie needs to grow a beard? To stroke mm. a beard? No. Yeah. <laughs> right. but, but no. I mean, I, but sure, I, just, I mean, there's plenty of managers it, who, are, who are like that, though, aren't there? So, but, but usually they've got an assistant who's there tearing into people. So maybe I don't know. What? Sort of, he's kind of mimics Lenny, doesn't he? And Lenny. Lenny's a sort of a Lenny's a quiet, thoughtful person. Yeah, collective, so. he shouts, wasn't he? Yeah, I think maybe he will. I don't, so I don't so, know. So, no, but we, you know, if listen, he's a, he's obviously a nice guy, Dougie. Right? He comes across as this as this deep thinking. Goes, you know, he's travelled a thousand miles to go and study the Italian leagues and this that, and the other. But but maybe what he needs to do, he needs to go. Hang on a minute, you know what? You need to kick up the arse, you lot, and I'm going to start screaming and shouting. Mm. And then when you, when you finally get a message, I go better being sensible. This is the time, right? Where you want him on that touchline. Giving it so at least we can go. Do you know what? He ain't sitting there. He ain't sitting there going, "Come oh, on, we're in the shit here today." You know what he needs to do? He needs to be getting out there and giving it to him because that's the other thing as well. Foot- footballers, if you don't shout at them, if you don't actually tell them what to do, and I was told this by a pro footballer, if yeah. you don't actually tell them what to do, they won't do it. If you ask them to do it, then you know they're arming and on about it. But if you tell them what to do, because from the age of ten they've been told what to do, then they go and do it. And I think funny enough. Funny enough, Joe, Lenny Lawrence actually said the same thing at not last fans forum, the fans forum before. He was saying there's no point trying to tell footballers too much information either. Like you just tell, you give it very, very simple instructions. And uh, yeah, yeah, go and tackle, go and get that ball, go and do that. I think maybe it's a bit harsh, but but listen, I, I've been I've been told reliably that that Dougie Freeman behind closed doors is just not 
take any nonsense. Does he throw um, teacups like Sir Alex? I don't know. I don't, I've not heard of him throwing anything or throwing a boot into anyone's face or anything like that. Um, but I, I, you know, I have been. I've been told that if you know, if he doesn't like something, if he doesn't think someone's well, the current thing is doesn't think someone's fit enough. And there's a lot of jokes made about that, but whatever. But but um, you know, if he doesn't like something, he tells someone he don't like it, and there's there's no you know there's no hiding from it. He, he's he just chooses not to do that in in a public place. So, I'd, that's why that's my personal reason why I don't think it really matters. Um, I'm not too sure why Mikey has just added that picture to the documents. I'm going to move swiftly on from that. That's very odd. Um, <clears throat> sorry, it's a picture of a semi-naked man just put into my show document. I really don't understand why that is. Um, what a strange, strange man my producer is. Um, <clears throat> moving on from that, um, Ferhad, I just want to get your opinion on that. I mean. In, ter- in terms of Dougie uh, and his, his sort of outward appearance in terms of motivation. Have you got any concerns on that level? Uh, none at all. Everybody's different. Uh, like Joe said, you know, you can go ballistic like uh, Ian Holloway or you can be mild, save, shout a little bit like uh, D- like Dougie does. And, and that's it, really. Yeah, everyone's mm. different. Different methods oh, work. Well, look, we're going to carry on with you a little bit. I just want to pick up something else uh, from an email from Tom Caswell. Uh, so you were saying about Grant Ledbetter and a, a bit of punch in the tackle. Uh, he says we've got nothing like that since since Sean Derry left, and O'Keefe could be that player as he does have some passion in the tackle. And but he says also says KG's a big bloke, and if he wanted to get wanted to, he could get you know could really hurt someone. But yeah. since, since since Derry left, uh, we've had no fight and passion in the middle. So thanks for that, Tom. I think basically just reiterating your point there, and maybe the suggestion that we've made is that we've got the players there who could do it, but for whatever reason they're not. Yeah. Just, but, just um, want to add to that very quickly. We're not looking for a team of eleven Joey Bartons. We're just someone who can. We just want someone to put the foot in, break up the play before it gets sort of uh, to our final third. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so last little bit, we're still in the first half. We're getting distracted quite a lot here. Uh, you said uh, we were talking about, we basically talked about that. Borough were too easy to play through our midfield. So um, last little bit on this goal came from a set piece, did it not? Came from a set piece again. Uh, from from what you could see, our defenders didn't deal with a with a routine ball coming into the box. Really, um, I don't know how far away from Jules it was. It looked like he flapped at it as well. And Seb Hines, the Borough defender, had an easy tapping, really. Yeah, now, look, I, I read in the um, I read in papers that, that a lot of the papers were blaming Jules. So I watched the, um, the highlights repeatedly. Um, I, I think he could have come for that corner because you've got to remember that you've got to look at where the ball bounced. The ball bounced in, in the middle of the six-yard box. He doesn't come <laughs> across his... You know what I mean? It's I I think he's improved in the air over the time he's been at Palace, but I, I'm mystified at that one. I really am. It doesn't come for crosses, Chris. But then you look at you look at Price, and he comes to everything. And here's the downfall: he comes to everything and made a couple of mistakes last year. But I'd rather have him coming for it and taking our centre back and their forward out, trying to get rid of the ball, than standing on his line mm. or coming and flapping. You know, he doesn't seem to be. I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to coat him at all because he's been for, too good for us. I'll, I'm yeah, reserve my judgment for him. Um, all right. Well, listen. The, the, the second half kind of continued in that vein. Uh, Burra started strongly. He told me, but obviously it's a sloppy free kick. And when you watch that one, the the wall disintegrates, and, and Julian's yeah. Peroni has to get right across the goal. 
and just can't quite get to that bottom corner as it goes in off the post. And what were your thoughts when that one went in? Um, it was a free kick. Uh, there was, was they Borough took quite a lot of time to uh, to take it, and um, from where we were sitting, I couldn't see the wall disintegrating. It's only when I saw the highlights I, I saw the wall, how the ball literally the players came apart and the ball just went through him. So well, I, um, I said to you, like it, it did, it looked like that set piece, it looked like our defence had been involved in its creation because there's no, there's no Borough player in the wall. It's just yeah. three of our lads in the wall. Balassi, I think Easter, and, and I can't really remember and the other Zaha. ones. I think it's Zaha. Zaha. Isn't it? yeah, yeah. There you go. So those three lads are in the wall and they're just, it's like they'd got the signal from the, from the free kick taker to get the hell out of the way and it was, it was very, very odd to see that goal. But, um, um, sorry, um Jill, you wanted to read a tweet? Yeah, no, the, 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 eagle, the Eagles beak. He said, uh, when did Palace fans become so expectant? We all, want, uh, we all want the best, but all the money in the world cannot guarantee success. Um, well, yeah, it can, it happens, because Man City won a premiership <laughs> last year. So give us all the money in the world, we'll win the championship next year, and then we'll go up. If we spend three or 400 million, I don't, I don't get it. Man United have had all the money in the world, and they've won... But what, Alex has won 12 championships in 20 years or whatever. You know, but people can't turn around and say Man United haven't. They've been getting the biggest crowds in the country virtually year on, year out for like the last 20 years. And they've always had, they've always spent, they've always bought the biggest players, Ferdinand, Rooney, always spent massive money. People forget about that until Chelsea come along and took all the, all the pressure away from them and then they bought the championship. And then City have come along and they got more dough than Abramovich and they've gone and all of a sudden they can put a £50 million player on the bench. But we can't, it's, you know, so all the money in the world yeah. can buy success. I don't, I don't care what people it's, say. It's Sorry, a valid Ricky. point, Joe. But, but what you've done there is you've read out a tweet that was nothing to do with what we were talking about in the middle of a game review. Yeah, no, I'm just <sighs> saying about it. I just wanted to read a tweet. I know you're excited about Twitter because it's new, isn't it? You know, all the kids are on Twitter, you know, with their, with their music and their raps and all that. I would put I would put an embarrassed smiley <laughs> up on the screen if the whole community could see it. I'm embarrassed. I apologise. Yeah. It's Ricky, all right. It's all right. Ricky, you're you should, wrong. Get off. <laughs> Ben's you just should. said you're stealing his job in the yes. communication hub. <laughs> yeah, Ben's the communication hub. Get your he's own hub. Got, he's just got about a holiday. He needs a rest. Mm. Mm. Sorry, I'm eating the sweet. Very unprofessional. Um. So anyway, so that kind of sparked us into life a little bit there, didn't it, uh, Furhead? It did. Uh, instantly, uh, I can't remember who put him through, but Jermaine Easter ran for goal. It looked as if he was going to be one-on-one. Burrow closed him down. But uh, I think it's their new loan signing, Josh McEachran, uh, sort of barged in, stumbled into the back of uh, Jermaine Easter, and Easter went down. Mm. And um, Easter steps up and takes a penalty himself. Easter stepped up. He wasn't having any of it. Uh, I think KG uh, was like, are you sure you want to take it? You sure? But no, Easter took it and rifled it, smacked it, whatever word you want to use, mm. to the top of the net. Now, he um, he always hits his penalty central, so clearly the keeper's not watched that. But um, yeah, he absolutely smashed it in. And, and unfortunately, went off injured not too long after that, was it? But, um, uh, so, but, well, go on. Go on. No, I was going to say, but but that wasn't the substitution that really changed things. Uh, the substitution that really changed things was the the new lad, Andre Moritz. Um, I'm going to give you a chance to to wax lyrical about him. Um, yeah, well, literally on 60 minutes, uh, sub- the first substitution was made. Uh, Dougie brought on 
Moritz for uh, took off KG, and instantly you could see a change in our play. Um, the ball went through Wilf on the right. Uh, he crossed it in. Um, someone took a shot. It came out to Moritz, and he had a shot, but uh, the borough keeper saved it. Um, he looked really good on the ball. Um, not happy to happy to keep it. Work with the ball. Pass it to someone. Not scared of uh, staying on it. Um, he 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 really had an impact on the game coming off mm. the bench. So um, what we we're talking about earlier about keeping possession of a football. Mm. You know, this is the kind of guy who's the answer, right? That's right. Uh, it, it was literally passing the ball uh, from left to right. Everything then on was coming through him, uh, the majority of it. Um, sadly, I didn't see much of Owen Garvin after that. Uh, he sort of disappeared, but pretty much everything was going through him. Um, mm. and, it, and, he, and he was linking up well with Zahar on the right and uh, Easter up front. So, I mean, one of the highlights that was shown, and you told me about it directly after the game, was a, a double save by Luke Steele from obviously from Apaya first, and I think Moritz on the follow up. Uh, but that's an example of the sort of stuff he was creating. But I mean, well, yeah. you know, obviously, go on. No, well, it, I think I think the BBC got it wrong on their on their highlights on the uh, the Football League show. Uh, they had Owen Garvin knocking the ball down for Crazy Apaya, and then yeah, Garvin it wasn't. Yeah. Shot himself. It was actually Andre Moritz who headed the ball down for Apaya. Um, again, they they both linked up really well as well. Um, yeah, can't say yeah. So, yeah, sorry about that. I've um I've finally stopped eating that cough sweet. Apologies, everyone. I just um I had to stave off that coughing fit. I'll carry on talking probably now. Um, so yeah, obviously your your final thoughts really that we deserved a draw out of the game, even though we only really played for the you know from the hour mark when uh, when Moritz came on. That's right. Um, um, yeah, uh, our midfield. Going forward, we had purpose. Everything was coming through him. Um, the wasteful passes that we were hitting in the first half stopped. Uh, Jedi started passing the ball, short passes, uh, passing it to Moritz. And it was working. You know, the team was actually working. And even when um, Velassi went, went off and uh, Dean Moxie came on left midfield, even he was a threat down the left. And um, it's a shame that uh, Apaya couldn't read the ball that Moxie put in, uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, I want to talk to you about uh, Apaya, and again, I want a bit of a lowdown on how Balassi played as well, because we had some, some questions about him. Uh, but can we go to Gel first? He wants to ask you a few questions. Gel? Yeah, no, just a, just a quick one first. So, so what you're saying, basically, is when KG went off, we started looking like a more, a, a, a more of a threat going forward through the middle. That's right. That's right. Oh, oh there you go. I mean, just, just straight away, answers questions that people were saying about, you know... Uh, the other thing you have to wonder is whether he is being told to not go forward. Can I just you know, add you, to that, Joe? Um, you know how we see teams playing at Sellers Park, like Watford the other uh, last weekend. Yeah. Uh, how they were passing the ball, not wasting yeah. it. That's yeah. exactly what we were doing in that last thirty minutes. That's exactly what we did in the first half. We yeah, did that in the first point, half yeah, against yeah. Watford, and then we didn't do yeah. it in the second half. We, yeah. Yeah, I, if if Moritz is is the kind of player again, you one you get a guy on on a year year deal, you know, on a free transfer. The, I saw a whole guy who'd actually seen him play in Turkey, and I'm imagining that's probably Jednak sort of knows a bit about him, and that might be where the interest came from. But but a guy a guy posted on Ho who'd actually seen him play and said, I don't think you guys realise what a good player we've got there. Um, 
you know, he's you know not only is he a, a skillful player in the kind of Brazilian sense that you expect, but um, you've also got got the fact that he, you know he's got a bit of height, a bit of physicality that usually when you've got, you know, usually when you bring in a creative player, you bring you know, I like when we brought in Cavides. That's an, that's the sort of thing I'm thinking of. It wasn't really up to the physical side of the game. All the talent in the world, mm. just not really up to to the physical side of the game. And their championships probably the most physical league, you know, division in this country, possibly the most physical league in the world. You know, it, it's it's horrific, really. It's high paced, lots of kicks. You know, lots of you know really hard challenges from from old cloggers who play at centre back. And you know, it, it's it's great to see. You know, I mean, again, I've only seen the highlights you know the couple of bits and I've only really spoken to yourself and, and looked at the guy on YouTube but he looks like someone who can can come in straight away and stand up to that I guess the fitness is always going to be a question but um, you know plenty of time for that to, to happen and plenty of time for more people to come in and, and sort of you know compliment his, his ability the last little thing I want to talk to you about the review and then we'll get into talking about uh, to all your tweets and emails and various other bits and pieces I know Ben's standing by with a few of those um we talked about set pieces at, at the defensive side um, and the fact that we missed Paddy. Um, what about set pieces at the other end of the pitch? Um, yeah, a bit of a worry. Um, who, who do we have to take those set pieces? It just, yeah. I, I just can't so, see us um, fret, threatening from any so set so, pieces. So is it, is it really both delivery and, and sort of not just the execution of the set piece? I mean, who's on, who's on the end of them, really? Who's maybe, really threatening? You know what? Maybe that's just answered another question. Maybe the reason why we're, we, we can't defend set pieces is because we don't have anyone decent to put the ball in, if you, if you see what I mean. Well, the Obviously, connection. On the, tra- yeah. on on the, the training. training. <laughs> oh, yeah. you mean. oh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Um, I just, I just don't know what it is. I just personally, for me, it's, it's organisation and, and it's a bit of leadership, uh, and that's something that we, need, we, you know, we need to talk about. Um, so, Paddy, so let, let's talk about that now. Actually, it's I, I spoke to you again, Fad, about this, and, and I said that obviously Jules has been in, been questioned lately uh, on our defending at set plays is being questioned lately, mm. um, and and to a degree, our, our you know our tenacity in midfield is being questioned we're not you know we're not sharp enough it does sound like there's a there's a leader shaped hole missing you know there's a hole for, for paddy his leadership his encouragement it does seem that way doesn't it i don't know if it's just a coincidence but you kind of think if paddy's in the center of that defense screaming jules know when knows when he's got to come for a cross because paddy will tell him when he needs to come for a cross uh it also know when when it's paddy's ball to get you know because paddy will tell him he's my ball to get and you know, and if a defender, if a defender or midfielder shirks a tackle, then Paddy's going to tell him. So, yeah. are we really missing him that much? Do you feel? Um, I'm going to get a bit sciencey now and use a word. Um, it's a symbiotic relationship. So basically, oh. the key. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know our audience, right? They're not going to understand. <laughs> so basically, the keeper relies on the central defence or, or or the defenders uh, that he's working with, and the defenders obviously rely on the keeper together. As a unit, they work together to, to, to help the team win the game, really. Mm. Um, yeah, we are missing Paddy, very much so. We've got a new centre-back partnership, which which is, what, two, three games into it? So um, you, you can't really blame them that much. I, I'm, I'm sure individually they're very good. You know, obviously, Peter Ramage spent the last half of uh, last last season at Birmingham, so he couldn't have been doing anything too bad. Um, no, no, it's just a very new partnership. Ramage is vocal. 
but uh, un- that getting that understanding after three games, it's, it won't come after three games. It will come after ten games, I- I'd say. Okay, mate. Well, Gel, you just want to jump in there quick, and then we'll go or- to Ben for some tweets. Yeah, I've just uh, a lot of people were were having a go at Paddy last year for his wild tackles and tucking people's shirts and stuff. Um, he got a little a lot of bad press at the end of the season yeah, uh, and blamed for quite a lot. And now we've done a bit of a change. You know, we've had a change. We've brought players in, and all of a sudden we're missing him. I don't can't have it both ways, can we? So. No, you can't. And the well, other thing I'm, as well, he's bought, is he bought for cover? Have we gone and paid this? You know, we got players in just to cover Paddy when he comes back. Is he gonna? You know, when he comes back, I, is he going to be? Yeah, I just, I think, I think, I personally, I mean, again, I, I'm someone who defended Paddy, so it's, you know, I can't really take the the sort of the approach. Uh, and it's a similar thing. I mean, I, actually, funny enough, just got an email from Tom Caswell on this um, who we made earlier as well. He's just saying Paddy's clear lead and massively missed, but has the work of Popovich on the training ground had an had an impact? Could Popovich be our biggest loss to loss of the summer? I, I still believe that people people read a little bit too much into into that because Curtis Fleming has replaced Popovich, and Curtis Fleming is a very was a very accomplished defender himself. You know, I, I don't really think that there's that that's the problem. I think the problem is just the personnel. It's Paddy um, because. I think people have simply just end, underestimated the, the work that he does. Now, if I take you back to before Paddy was skipper, and, and you know when he was he was you know a centre back we'd just signed from Charlton, and I think he basically it wasn't too long he went out went out with a shoulder injury, and we we were appalling without him. We were absolutely shocking defensively without him, and it was just you literally you were counting off the dates on the calendar until he came back. And it's kind of been forgotten. It's kind of, but just how important he is. Uh, and and the other thing is, it's the things that he does that that, are, that go unsung in a, in a game. And they're the it's just literally the the vocal side of it, the encouragement, the you know the being demanding. You've got to be demanding of your teammates, and your skipper's the the one who does that. He tells you what he wants you to do. And you know, and if you don't do it, he tells you you're not doing it. And it's just little things like that. And I'm not having to go, the guys that are there. I'm not having to go at people who, who are captain in the way. But but really, it's it's just when, he's a huge part of this football club, Paddy. And when you take him away from it, you can see you can see the effect that it has. Now we might find out that all of this I've just said is complete crap when he comes back. Um, and and Chris on on Homestead has said Paddy was twice the player with Gardner, and and that's something that funny enough Dougie Friedman has said not directly in those so many words. He said that you got to find the right partner for Paddy, uh, and he and it just and it makes him you know a much much better player. Um, so hopefully you know the, the guys we've got in there can can be those partners for him, um, and get really 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 confusing. So Gel's nearly run out of laptop battery, so if he disappears, he disappears. Most people have a power lead for a laptop, Gel. I'm upstairs in the bedroom where she's sitting down there watching the only Debbie does something in Essex or whatever. <laughs> um, Debbie uh, does something in Essex. It's a good, it's a good show. It's one of my favourites. I can't watch all that. You're all right, mate. We, you, you, you've got 15 minutes, so that's about right. It's about how long we're going to be, I reckon. Um, good, good. Yeah, let's... Um, I'll pick up one one last thing before I hand to Ben. Um, JDog3 is on Homestead.net. It said, notice the poll on Homestead where I seem to be ploughing a lonely furrow suggesting we needed strengthening at centre-half and 63% think our attack needs bolstering. Uh, surprises me because we appear to be scoring. Uh, how can 63% be satisfied with our defensive, defensive prowess? If we can't stop leaking goals, we ain't going anywhere. Bang on. And I, but I think the fact is 
that we have we have the players. We've just signed Blake, who can play as a centre back. So I think we strengthened in that area anyway. And it's, it's Paddy coming back. We'll, we'll hopefully deal with deal with that situation. So that's why people are thinking like that. I think so. Um, uh, yeah, um, I think I think pretty much. I'm gonna well on the I'm gonna do one last thing before I hand to Ben, who must be on ten to hooks. Just waiting here now. Yeah, just waiting. I just I don't just I don't really no anyway um, just one last little point uh, I, I'm a good mate of mine is a Barra fan who was at the game as well and I wanted to get his point of view uh, and he said before you got your goal we brackets Borough created ch- enough chances to be winning comfortably I felt but credit to Palace they kept going and the last half hour was very nervy stuff on another day you could have got something out of it reckon you'll be fine definitely showed you have the desire to fight for it it's just going to be getting that first win under your belts that will be the hard thing. So, although Dan didn't mean to be patronising, it was, and, you know, obviously I'll be shouting at him for that. But, point of discussion there, the longer this goes on, the harder it's going to get. It doesn't matter how well we play and how well we do. We don't get that first win under our belts, you know, say, Sheffield Wednesday, then, then you know, what do we do? I mean, it's going to get harder and harder and harder. Um, I, yeah. Yeah, well, um, yeah, well <laughs> you know, after the Sheffield Wednesday game, we've got, what, a two-week break? Yeah. Then it's Charlton, so um, you want to get that win, that first win next Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. We don't. What we don't want to do is go to Charlton with, on a live TV match and have to get you know and be still be rock bottom of that league with zero points and get turned over there because it will it will hurt. It really, really, it really will hurt. It would. So um, uh, anyway, Gels Gels off for a minute getting his power lead, which um, really, if he was a professional, he would have done already. But he isn't because he works for Hull Radio. <laughs> Chris, can I just yeah. add one more thing about Borough? Um, Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ben. Sorry, Ben. Sorry. Um, Palace were really impressive in the final third of the game. Um, I'd just like to say to all Palace fans who, who are umming and ahhing about going to Sheffield Wednesday next week, um, if you see, uh, if you do go and Dougie starts with Moritz, and I, I really, really hope Moritz starts. Um, you will see a different Palace uh, in the attacking final attacking third of the game. Right, awesome, Ben. I'm gonna let. I'm not gonna say anymore. I'm not even gonna respond to what Fahad said. <laughs> well, I hope you're not gonna be oh, disappointed oh, with oh, my oh, tweets oh, here. Your microphone's buzzing really loudly, man. How about now? That's slightly okay. better. Hurry up! I feel like I've waited all this time, and now yeah, it's all it's gone wrong. Working. It's horrible. Right. Okay. Uh, got a few tweets in about new players and, and belief in Dougie and stuff like that. So Anthony Peacock's tweeted in. And he said, three good signings and the team balance is looking better. Freeman should keep his job. It took Koppel five seasons to get it right. Uh, we've had a tweet in from the Eagles Beak, which in itself is debatable because I don't really know if an Eagles Beak could tweet or anything, but that's by the Bible. Yeah. We'll talk about that at a different time. Um, he said he's not worried. Ten games played and I will be. Signings are very positive. Um, will Dearborn, on the subject of, of Dougie Freeman and whether he, he should stay and stuff, he says, I've watched YouTube videos of Dougie recently and that's helped me keep the faith. He's gutted that Murray's out for another four weeks. That's something we haven't mentioned. Um, and then Jack Maddox, I know we, we mentioned it earlier about signings and stuff. He He's mm. brought up the, the rumour that we're after DJ Campbell and he, he says, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, carry yeah. On. I was just saying, can you, while I'm answering that, can you mute your microphone? So I really, honestly, we really should have put that communications hub somewhere else. We shouldn't have put it on that half of the uh, yeah. It's a mistake, wasn't it? Um, 
But yeah, the signing of, of potential signing of DJ Campbell, he's on big wages, as is Jay Bothroyd, who's the other one we're linked with, um, I believe. Although I still think we're also linked with Paul Taylor, who was less left out for football reasons from Peterborough's squad the other day as well. So interesting stuff. I mean, it's fueled out we're we're, we're going to be after a striker. Um, Campbell, oh, I don't know. He was he was very good for Blackpool, but he's not really pulled up trees on his other sort of appearances in the championship, I'd say. Um, I like he wasn't him. He's, prolific he's, for, sorry, Chris, he wasn't prolific for Blackpool, was he? he wasn't no, like, no, but he was, a, he, he did, he led the, you know, he was able to lead the line for Blackpool. Do you know what I mean? He was kind of like, he is effective. He was, he did that role that we're missing, mm. you know, to be a, the sort of pacey striker that can never give the defence a moment's peace, but can also link up play well, but he's also a goal threat, the kind of complete forward that we're, that we're kind of missing. Um, mm. So I mean I'm I'm not I'm not in any way against it. Um, I'm not sure he would be the 100% best option for the money available, but there's not a great deal out there. So you know you got to you've got to work hard and get and get what you want. Um, Joe. Yeah, I, I don't see. Listen, we, we've not had wingers or had any wing play for for a long time. There many many games, and does any? Can you remember the Leeds game last year? Mm. Was it one one? Oh, the home we, game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were winning 1-0. What happened? Was it Moxie? Uh, no, not Moxie. It was um, Parr. I'm sure Parr crossed on the left, whipped in across about a foot off the ground, and Murray got in front of the defender and smashed it in the bottom corner before their goalkeeper yeah. even moved, yeah? Yeah. It was a cross. That's what Murray's all about. Now, the other thing as well, when Jules hoofs the ball downfield, who gets on the end of it? Who wins virtually all the headers and tries to hold the ball up on his own? Murray. Listen, give that key... You can't bring Pete Wins to the club, go, come and play with us, mate, we'll give you this, we'll give you that, give him a big hug, and then you come here, and you don't play in the way that he's expected. He's got all in goals for that mob down on the coast because they crossed the bloody ball to him. We don't cross to him. When we cross to him and, and, and feed him as a forward should be fed, you'll find that we have got a great striker in Murray. Don't, we cannot write him off. It would just be insulting to him to yeah, write yeah, him yeah. off because we haven't given him the service at all that he deserves or that he needs. It's That's a fair point, mate. It's a fair it's point, a fair mate. Point. It's the only point with him, Chris. Because well, it, it, well, it's, it's, not the only point. it's not the only point if he's out for fucking six weeks, is it? But, yeah. No, but what um, I'm saying, we didn't feed him and everyone's moaning about him now we need a new forward but we don't need a new forward what we need we need wingers and now if we start crossing the ball Mm. i said an f-bomb there sorry guys but i got annoyed with joe (laughs) especially because he's right but um can can someone clarify the murray situation how long is he out for well again it's been told he's out for six weeks with a knee injury but uh, again Uh, it's, it's nothing been said officially on that to be completely fair uh, but it was a uh, well. I've got no reason to to doubt the guy who said it on Homesdale. So and uh, it's a real going, shame. It's a real he shame. isn't going anywhere either, Chris. Is he? he He's isn't not. Going no, that's, no, that's, that's the, absolutely right. Oh, listen, oh. mate. I, I'm a big fan of Murray. I really am. Um, oh. I think. I think that last season. Uh, um, how can I put this delicately? Last season, it wasn't all about the service. A lot of people just said, "Oh, he's not getting the service. He would have got this amount of goals. He would have got that amount of goals." He missed a lot as well, to be honest with you. And and he had games where, whether it was for injury, through, through injury or whether it's through, you know, being starved of service for a long period of time. But when he did get chances, he kind of lost his touch. About halfway through the season, he lost his touch. And after that point, he he just struggled to be the player that, you know, to, he was struggling to even hold the ball up and win all those headers. He kind of lost that. And a lot of people just sort of looked at it and thought, well, it's because he's fed up. He's not happy, blah, blah, blah. But he looked like that anyway, sort of. 
mopes around the football pitch. But I just felt that something happened halfway through the season, and I, and I personally believe he, he might. It just it was the ankle knock that he took at some point. Um, and, and yeah, he he you know it wasn't solely the fact that we weren't putting crosses in. But you're bang on, Joe. If we want him to score, you know. 15, 20 goals, then we have got to get some service to him. He's an easy 20 goal a season or 15 goal a season player. Mm. But if you don't feed him, we can't, you know. But sure. if we're not, but if we haven't got the players that are going to feed him or we're not going to play a system that's going to feed him, then, you know, I, I, you still got to, you've got to, bait, you, you know, you've got to deal with the situation that you've got. And if that means that we don't get the best out of Murray and we play someone else, then so be it, in my view. We've just got, we've, you know, it's not all about one player. It's not all about getting Glenn Murray scoring goals. You know, if, if we don't feel that, if we feel the system that we have got is the best for the majority of the team and the best way of getting results, and then we've got to get someone up top who's going to get, who's going to, who's going to achieve that. I, you know, I genu- genuinely am worried. I mean, I see, I see uh, Aaron Wilbraham who looked, who looked good pre-season playing in a front two in uh, various combinations um, and looked lost playing as a lone striker. Uh, and I've seen obviously the only time we've used him in in competitive game is as a lone striker. I don't see him playing that role, and the same as Murray. So it's kind of like we're repeating the same mistakes over and over again. That's where I have concerns. But listen, we, we're making signings, we're changing things about, and you might find that having someone like Moritz played in behind the Murray might spark him into life when he gets back. You know, or you might find that. There's a place for Murray when he gets back from injury, alongside someone like DJ Campbell or something like that. I think I think there's a lot to look forward to, and I and I think we're still work in progress. But you can't give it forever, really. Um, bit of a worry. <clears throat> Any thoughts? Any more thoughts on uh, on potential signings up front before I move on? Nope, none at all. Nope, nothing. No, no. Thanks, guys. Um, all right, fair enough. Uh, let's. Before, well, hopefully Ben will be able to collect some tweets together for the preview stuff. I think there's only been a couple. Uh, but let's look at um, match ahead against Preston. Uh, obviously, that is on Tuesday night. Um, again, I missed the Borough game, the first game I missed in nearly a year and a half, and I'll be missing this one as well because I can't get the time off of work. Um, so I'm not really sure how we're going to report on this next week. I'll find someone who went. Uh, one of you guys who's going to go, who's listening in. Uh, if you want to come up, come on the show next week and talk to us about the game, that'd be wicked. Um, anyway, key men for Preston. Uh, they've got fit, former Millwall youth player uh, and also former Liverpool youth player, David Amu. He joined on a free in the summer and we'll have, need to watch him. He's very, very pacey and dangerous, but a bit raw at the moment. Uh, Graham Wesley's also brought in Stevenage forward Chris Beardsley and he can be a real threat up front. Uh, did find out that they actually signed 35-year-old Lee Trundle on a free transfer from Neath, but he suffered a knee injury, which will keep him out for four months. Uh, Preston are yet to win a football match this season in the league. Uh, they drew 0-0 against Clinton O'Morrison's, <laughs> Colchester United. Thanks, Joe. Uh, and uh, 1-1 draw yesterday against Bournemouth. Um, and they had a 1-0 defeat at the hands of Shrewsbury. So, uh, really, what we've asked three people is... Um, Full start in 11, or do we play a sort of a youth team? Gareth has said um, on Twitter, we should play our strongest 11. Dougie says we need to gel, so it's pointless chopping and changing. I completely concur, Gareth. And uh, Hull Radio's Mark Ross, who's easy, much easier to understand when he's writing stuff and not speaking. Um, he said it should be a good mix, e.g. Price, Ward, Paddy, Moxie, Pard, Silver, Fennec, Apire. Basically mix it up, sort of development squad, stroke, first team players coming back, stroke, 
players who need match fitness and form. So I agree, sort of, yeah, I know where Mark's coming from, but I, I think we should definitely be playing our strongest team that we can and, and, and giving them that time on the pitch to work together in a slightly less pressured environment. I think it'd be a good thing. Uh, if I could just come to you guys very, very quick for some predictions there. Um, I don't even know if we want to win, to be honest with you. I don't know if we want to stay in that competition. But uh, Furhat, do you think we will? Um, I can see it going to extra time, Chris. 1-1 one, one and possibly winning on penalties. All right. Joe? 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. Yeah. Us. Hey. I think we're quite, I think we I think we need to kick out the backside. I think now uh, you know the, the two nil. All right, Benjamin, I'll ask you as well. See how you sound. Uh, yeah, how do I sound? All right, facing a helicopter now. <laughs> Brilliant. Can you stop getting in various loud modes of transport to communicate with us? It's getting annoying. Um, I won't ask Ben. Oh no. No, I won't. fair enough. He's gone. Ah, oh, dear. We'll have to get that sorted out for next week. Um. So yeah, and I, I think personally, I think we'll uh, we'll go down there and we'll win that one, probably one nil. Um, yeah, uh, good luck to all the guys who go down there. I'm sure you get behind the boys nicely. Um, but yeah, again, I'm not too sure whether I actually want us to stay in that competition. Really, um, Ben says one nil late winner Palace. Uh, by the way, okay. So uh, then moving swiftly on before I end the show, uh, playing Sheffield Wednesday to, uh, on the Saturday. Key men for Sheffield Wednesday, who, oh, God, they're going to be... It's going to be a tricky, tricky situation with them. Uh, they've got a forward called Rodri, who's on loan from Barcelona's B team. He's making a good name for himself at Hillsborough. I think he's picked up a goal already in his all-round players. has proved, uh, proved a big hit for them. Uh, they've also got um, sort of midfielder slash forward Jermaine Johnson, who's started the season very well, got a couple of goals, and I know I've always, I've always sort of liked him when, when I've seen him play. Um, and... Uh, well, Miguel Lera used to—I think he used to be a um, Charlton defender. He scored two in their three-two win against Millwall the other day. Uh, tough competitor at the back. See a good threat going forward. I'm pretty sure one of their other defenders has got a couple of goals this season. So weirdly, they're scoring a lot of goals. They've won—they've won two games, three-two, beating Millwall and Birmingham, and they draw two all with Derby. So um, obviously, weak at the back, conceding two goals a game. But um, yeah, not that we're much better. Let's yeah gloss over that one but certainly they're, they're outscoring opponents at the moment more often than not uh, and under Dave Jones they're currently unbeaten in 17 games so you know for a team like us that really needs a win it's not an ideal um, situation so I mean I'm, I'm not expecting a huge amount of that out of that game but I'm going to ask you first Jill what do you reckon 2-2 uh, they go down oh no that was <laughs> sorry 1-1 um, <laughs> one, one. <laughs> right. oh you naughty boy uh, <laughs> I reckon we'll get a two-one win, Chris. Um, okay, um, two-one win with Moritz to score. Moritz to score. Oh, okay, good shout. Uh, I think. I think uh, again. As much I want. Well, no, I'm going to go with Hart. I think we're going to win three 0 There you go. Three 0 Um, I think Ben has got some predictions for us. Let's try it, Ben. Yeah. How am I sounding? Oh. Perfect. Brilliant! Oh. Oh, it's just a case of unplugging things and uh, and replugging them in them. Still... Right. Uh, the the tweets we've had in from people on this Sheffield Wednesday predictions. Uh, the Eagles beak says two 0 Palace to get our show on the road. Olympic J says two one Palace to get our first points on the board. Anthony Peacock concurs. He says two one Palace. Zaha and Apaya. Patrick O'Connor's tweeted in. He says improved performance will lead to a two 0 win next Saturday. Um. So yeah, looking at those, people are reasonably positive about that. 
Mm. Yeah, very positive. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> it doesn't seem like an awful lot of positivity. Yeah, positivity on the boards is why I mean, why I say that. But it's, it's really good to hear from so many positive Palace fans. And I think, obviously, before we play Sheffield Wednesday, I'm expecting us to have a few more players in as well. Uh, one reference to it, uh, to refer to back on Homestale, uh, Maxi Palace says Sheffield Wednesday are a much stronger team than last time we played them. Can't see us winning despite new signings. So that's that's the flip side of the coin. And my brain kind of agrees with that. But we'll see. You know, that, that, you know they're, in the, they're in the championship now. They've, they've done well, but... They've shown they've got frailties, so I'm, you know, I'm not massively worried. Anyway, let's let's leave you there. There's loads more contact, and I'm, you know, sorry we haven't got to it all, but it's really, really is appreciated, and I'm, I'm really happy with, with how many people are getting involved. So thanks so much for that. But I mean, that's your lot. Uh, that's your lot for today. Uh, thanks to everyone who's contributed to the show. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow uh, from 2:45 p.m. with the comment with our commentary from Selhurst Park as a development squad take on Liverpool. And our regular regular show will return next week. Goodbye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.